On this Sega Talk, we answer the question, what is a pirate's favorite Sonic game? The answer will shock you. Also, what is the deal with Tails not getting a Metal Tails? All this and more on Sega Talk. SegaBits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Hello and welcome to an all-new Sega Talk. I'm Barry, with me is George. Orange George today. Thank you very much. Orange George. Um, And on this episode, we are returning to the Sonic franchise. It's been a very Sonic end of summer here, the Sonic days of summer. But um, that's all because our Patreon pickers want it. They They want the hog. (laughs) <laughs> and this episode, it was the easiest episode for me to ever make a um, a YouTube like featured image for because our last episode was Sonic Rush, and so for this one, I just had to press delete three times, right? And then I got Sonic R, <laughs> so that, that was pretty easy. Um, I was, and that's say the that game joke. we're talking about. Yeah, but think about it how many sonic there's sonic rush adventures sonic rush sonic racing um and on this episode we are talking about the first sonic r the only sonic r which was released to the sega saturn in 1997 sonic r it was an on foot and vehicular racing game developed by traveler's tales and published by sega the game was produced with the guidance of sonic team And at the time, it was the first fully 3D Sonic the Hedgehog experience for many fans. And as I mentioned, uh, this is a Patreon pick. Uh, George, why don't you tell the fine folks about what Patreon's all about? Do you like Sonic R? Do you like racing? Why don't you race over to patreon.com slash SegaBits and check out some of the reward tiers we have on there and how you could support this show so we can cover more Sega games. Like, I don't know, snail maze maybe one day, depending, <laughs> right? Um, so check us out. We love your support, and thank you. Yes, yes, please do. And we actually, we have a new, I, we usually don't do this. We need to do this more often. True. I'll start doing this. So whenever someone new joins up, I'll give them a shout out here. So we have uh, Matthew. He joined the dollar tier, and a dollar goes a long way. Dollar, not nothing. You know, the people on Patreon give me more money than, you know, I find coins in the street each month. I mean, that tells you something. Um, but the picker for this month, it was Nicholas Schaefer, longtime supporter. And that's right. If you, if you support us at the $20 tier, you get to tell us what to do. And we are nearing the end of that list. So all the Patreon pickers out there, start submitting them again. We, we need to get some uh, submissions. Otherwise, George is just going to do snail maze and... I'm just going to talk about, yeah, I'm just, I don't know what, Jet Set Radio again? I don't know. Uh, but Nicholas Schaefer, so his memories for this game, uh, let's read them. So he said, I unironically love this game. I remember buying it for PC at Jack in the Box drive through of all places. Uh, well, I had one Sonic 3 from McDonald's. I see a fast food pattern here and played Sonic 2 on my cousin's Genesis. Uh, but because my family couldn't afford a Genesis... That was the first time I actually got to play for a significant amount of time. When I got the Gems Collection, 
I had a blast playing through it again. I love the effects of weather and hidden paths that give this game replay value. And then he actually wrote down some like points here: uh, controls, music, and lore. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna read his memories when we get to those moments, uh, when we get to gameplay, music, and the story. Um, All right. So jumping, yeah, yeah, on the fly, I can do that. Um, so George, what were your first experiences with Sonic R? So I played it on the Sega Saturn, which I, you know what? It's actually kind of rare. I think this is the first time I ever seen someone talk about the PC version as their first uh, entry into Sonic R. Uh, I yeah, yeah, mostly everyone I know Sega Saturn, right? It's kind of like tied with that console. Um, I. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I rented it or borrowed it, but I do remember, like, I'm almost 100% sure I rented it from this, like, place called Jensen Video that was here. I don't know if it was just a local place or whatever. They went out of business kind of, like, not that long after the Sega Saturn, and I ended up buying a lot of the games there. But, uh, yeah, yeah, they had this game, which I wish I owned at the time because it's incredibly rare. And... um it's uh, is it rare or am I or am I uh, off on that one? No, you're right. Um, okay. I'm actually I'm checking eBay right now. I'm trying to find like the oh here we go sold items. Always go by the sold items, kids. Um, so the Japanese version you can get anywhere from twenty to sixty bucks. The whereas best. the American version is um one forty, ninety one. One thirty, yeah, one seventy nine. So some people are like really jumping, right? Uh, jumping on some high prices here. Yeah, I have my copy here next to me, so oh, that's beautiful. Mine. Yeah, it's in great shape too. Don't yeah. kiss it too hard. It's a Sega Saturn box. It might. Oh, break. I cracked. My lips oh. cracked. It. <laughs> oh no! But yes, <laughs> uh, I, I. You know what? I was mixed on it. I really loved the presentation. I liked the music. I liked a lot of the aspects of it, but. It had so much pop, pop in, you know, and uh, it mm. almost felt unplayable at times. Like it was so close, right? But I think the pop in really kind of ruins it as a racing game. But what do right. you think about the game in your memories? Um, you know, I picked up a Saturn shortly after I got a Dreamcast, so I was actually playing a lot of Saturn games in late 1999, early 2000, and this was one of the first ones I picked up. I most likely got it off of eBay or at a retro game shop. Um, I'm guessing it's like 20 bucks when I got it. You know, like, you, you could get mint Saturn games for next to nothing back then. Right. And I, I enjoyed it, you know, I... Obviously, this was me coming off Sonic Adventure, so I was like, you know, not expecting a Sonic Adventure experience, but I think what really kind of threw me off, and I'll get into it a little later, are the controls, because I was, like I said, expecting Sonic Adventure controls maybe downgraded a little bit. I mean, I've played Sonic Jam, so Mm. I kind of knew what a 3D Sonic on Saturn played like, and when I got into this, it was just so bizarre. It's like car controls but for a platforming character and i think the only other time sonic got like wonky controls really is like uh sonic lost world remember we were like playing with triggers right um and so yeah i don't know i just kind of made that connection i remember when i was playing lost world i was like oh this is weird like sonic r (laughs) (laughs) um but i think once you get over that and you kind of learn to play the game the way it's supposed to be played uh it plays a lot better. 
Um, and, you know, as someone now who's played a lot of the Team Sonic Racing or All-Stars games, I'm used to it. It just, it's kind of off-putting when they're on, when they're on foot and they can mm. jump, but they have car controls. Um, let's talk about the plot. I usually don't cover the plot, but there is a plot for racing games in, in this case. Uh, so the game's plot, it's super simplistic as one would expect from a mascot racer, Sonic and Tails are preparing to take a vacation when Tails notices, notices an advertisement for the World Grand Prix. And Sonic's initially not interested until he realizes that Dr. Robotnik is also participating in the race. And with Chaos Emeralds as the reward, Sonic calls on his friends to help compete to stop Robotnik from collecting the emeralds and enslaving the world. And uh, things won't be easy, however, because in addition to Metal Sonic, Robotnik has also created robotic doppelgangers of Knuckles and Tails. And um, going into our Patreon picker here, uh, his, his thought on the lore, he said, uh, Nicholas said, this game might just be a simple racer, but is it is the game that made me obsessed with Metal Sonic, Metal Knuckles, and Tails doll. And of course... Being able to play as Robotnik was such a novel treat. This was also the first game I was able to play as Super Sonic. And yeah, I don't really think about that that much. This is the first 3D Sonic game to have a playable Robotnik. Because right. he wasn't playable in Sonic the Fighters. Um, Not even think, yeah, Until Sonic Adventure 2, right? Yep. Yeah. And even hmm. then, he was kind of like a clone. I guess... It would have been that Tails is a clone of uh, Eggman, right? Because it felt like the <laughs> like the gameplay wise in that game, right? Right. I was gonna say like they're drawing blood from Tails, no. and then they're growing baby Eggman. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know about the, the plot. I, I you're gonna ask the question, right? I was gonna wait. Well, yeah. So I think the plot's thin, but it works. But I mean, just for the sake of discussion, how like pitch a better plot for Sonic R? Like, can you think of any? Anything that might be a little more, I'm sure. Ian, like there's Ian, no there's no cutscenes in this game. There's right, no, no intro. Cut, you don't right. There's nothing. Why not just race for the sake of racing? I actually think this this kind of works. But you know what's funny about the story, the enslaving what? the 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 world part. Like you, yeah, today Sega that that wouldn't fly. They'd be like, oh, that's so insensitive. You know. Obviously, it mm. doesn't mean it in a negative, but it's just very Japanese-ridden, right? Enslave the world, basically own the world, but it sounds almost like a mistranslation of, like, right. rule the world. Enslaving the world sounds way more evil than just ruling the <laughs> world, right? And now it's, right. like, even been stepped back even more now. Eggman just wants to make, like, Eggman land. That's basically all he wants to do, Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say if I were to pitch a plot that I think might be a, a slight improvement, I would maybe have Sonic, Metal Sonic, Metal Knuckles, and Tails doll um, go rogue. And oh. so each character kind of has a reason. Like, it gives Eggman more of a reason to win because he's protecting the Emeralds from these, like, metal doppelgangers that'll be, like, a worse threat to him. And maybe kind of go the Virtua Fighter route where each character has like, a static cutscene at the end, you know, just to, like, show, like, mm. what happened in the, right. in the final scene. Like, you know, like, if, if Eggman wins, then he's holding the emeralds and all the characters are being in jail. 
And then if Sonic wins, then he's super Sonic and he's punching Eggman in the face. Like, something. But right. that I'm not bothered. Awesome. I'm not bothered by the fact that it lacks, like, a plot or cutscenes. But, you know, this was kind of the end of the era where you had to read the manual in order to understand the plot. Right. Um, you know, nowadays, what you see is what you get. But back then, it was like, depending on your region, you know, people be like, oh, in, in Japan, the manual's different. And I'm like, well, I wasn't in Japan when I was seven years old, so I don't give a crap. Um, Is it that much different, really, and, for this game? The Japanese version? For this game, no. Okay. Nah, I don't think so. Um, so, yeah, so let's talk about the characters now. So, despite releasing after Knuckles Chaotix and Sonic the Fighters both of which introduced several new characters in the classic era, Sonic R has a pretty small roster of characters that largely come from the Genesis games with a few exceptions. So let's race through them and talk about them. Um, I mean, obviously, these are some pretty pretty big characters. We don't spend too much time talking about Sonic. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog is the fastest of the four initially available characters, but is the most difficult con- to control. Uh, he can spin dash and double jump. And, I mean, like, right off the bat, I know we're not talking gameplay just yet, but the mere fact that you make the star character the most difficult c- to control, wouldn't you say that's a mistake? Like, everyone wants to play Sonic first. Yeah. In 3D for the first time. Uh, yeah, for sure, because you know everyone is going to be playing Sonic, <laughs> right? Like... When you if right. you if you put any game like even Sonic the Fighters, kids will right away go to Sonic. It's just that that's the right. way it is. Sorry. Right, but in this case, it's like he's he's a little hard to maneuver because he's so fast. He's slippery, you know. Like there's all these variables, and to be quite honest, like I don't know if that was the right decision to make. Like, I don't, like I'm a huge Jet Set Radio fan. Um, I'm never going to pick combo first. I'm probably going to pick combo last because he's slow. He's got tank controls. But imagine if combo was the star of the game. And it was like, oh, Jet Set Radio? I can't wait to play his combo. And then you get in there like, oh my god, he's so slow. (laughs) You know, like... Yeah. Like, what? I don't know. Um, But, I mean, you have to have a drawback, right? So it's obviously... the Maybe they could have made, like... When you drift, it kind of slows Sonic back a little more. Other people have more power-ups. Like, Tails has, like, gadgets he can make. You know, they were talking about personalities and time. and Right, maybe, but to be quite honest, and let's let's get to Tails now then. So, Tails oh. here, I'll compare him to Sonic. He's a slower version of Sonic, but he has his trademark flying ability, allowing him to fly at a fixed level for a short period of time. Um... Now, this comes from Sonic Retro. They say the technique is not very useful in Sonic R, as it tracks uh, the tracks generally lack any sort of verticality to them. I beg to differ. I was playing uh, Radical Ruin, and there's a part where you go downhill and around, and there's like a little island. Every single time, playing as Tails, at the top of that loop, I would just jump to the right, fly over that whole that little island, mm. and I passed a whole portion of the track. And every time I was placing first. So right there, I feel that if you're giving Tails and Knuckles their flight and glide ability, Sonic doesn't have that. So I think that's enough of a like nerf on his part <laughs> mm. that he's the fastest. You don't need to make him the most difficult to control because Tails can fly. Yeah. You know? 
don't know. Um, and then let's look at Knuckles here. So Knucklehead, Knuckle the Echidna, uh, he fills the role of the all-around character with average speed and handling. He can spin dash, and while he can still glide, he's robbed of his ability to latch onto walls and climb them, um, which is fine. Uh, what What are your thoughts on Knuckles being an all-around character? Do you ever, like, always play as the all-around character in these types of games? Usually when I started, like, a racing game, I always picked the all-around characters, and then when I start if i get really addicted to it and i start figuring out the system i'll start really thinking like actually if i drift a little bit better or i do this and then i'll start you know messing around with other characters um right as for knuckles i never really think of him as the all-around character i kind of think of him as like the tanky character because he's the tough guy right um Mm -hmm. his literal name is knuckles which you know invokes force and punching and you know so, but uh, what about you? You think this is a mistake, and do you do you play as the all-around character? Um, you know, I, I played this game quite a bit today just to get, you know, back up to speed on it, and Knuckles was, like, the best. Like, <laughs> I was winning consistently with him. He controlled really well. Um, I honestly kind of wish they had, like, a points or a slider system where you could, like balance the character yourself but i know that's a little too too much depth for this game but oh yeah it did surprise me that knuckles is kind of the a good go-to first character to play as um now moving on to amy rose let's go this is a shame (laughs) because i i am an amy fan i've got an amy plush over there i was actually going to put her here on a table but i just didn't have time she's over there we'll see her someday um but she is the slowest of the playable characters, and she drives a car which can hover over water. Um, and then ten rings allows her to boost for a short period. So she has some fun little like perks there. The water thing is nice. Um, the ten rings thing is nice. But to be honest, if you're playing against an opponent with any level of skill, you're gonna get beaten, you know, pretty quick because she's just so slow. And that's a shame. I. And it carries on. In Sonic Adventure, she's the slowest character. Um, on the Segabits Discord, we were actually talking about Sonic Adventure a few days ago, and it, it just was kind of interesting to be like, Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles all play like their classic selves, and then you got this like weird Big and, and E-102, and then uh, Amy. Amy, and they all are so slow. Amy's so slow. And she's a um, hedgehog. Yeah. You, yeah. you would think that it would be in her genes, right? Like, just be a little quicker. Just, I, I like her car, though. It reminds me of the Outrun arcade cabinet in the back. It's a low-poly model. Um, besides that, I like her uh, outfit. I've, classic Amy is obviously superior to modern Amy. Everyone knows this. So, yeah. I got someone bothering me. Oh, all right. No problem. <laughs> Let, let's talk more about Amy. Oh. All right. Yeah, let's do it. So you have more to say? Actually, I don't have that much more to say about Amy. I just said. <laughs> I mean, you agree, to right? Things out, right? You agree, though, right? That modern Amy is like her outfit is like totally a downgrade from this. Oh yeah, not a fan of modern Amy's outfit. And then um, also, it's a shame too that in Sonic Advance, she's actually you know pretty playable so it's like if you want to enjoy amy with a little speed you gotta 
you got to jump on the GBA. And wh- um, why do you think they make Amy the slowest? Sexism. <laughs> That's why she's not in Sonic Mania, probably, right? I mean, she should have been playable in Sonic Mania, right? I don't know. Like, Sonic Boom is probably... Like, if I can say one great thing about Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric, it's that she plays really well in it. And I I like that they play up the gymnastic part of her, because you see that with the hammer mm-hmm. in Sonic Adventure. Like, she's doing a lot of flips, so why can't she run a little faster than, like, like this when she runs really fast? She does, like, a little, like, girly <laughs> girly walk. Yeah. Um. Speaking of girly walks, let's talk about the next... Uh, Next character. So, Dr. Eggman. I like this look. Uh, known, known as Dr. Robotnik or Dr. Robotonic in uh, Sonic the Fighters. Um, appears as an opponent from the start. However, uh, he's only made playable after you finish first in Radiant Emerald. So, he's the easiest unlock here. He drives his Eggmobile and he can hover over water and fire a short-range heat-seeking missile at other racers at the cost of 10 rings. And the missile temporarily slows down targets or removes their shield, but is otherwise pretty harmless. Uh, what do you think about Eggman here? I like his look. I, Eggman's in every Sonic game since the first game. I can't think of one that he hasn't appeared in, at least as a cameo or anything. So, I mean, it's ob- an obvious one. So far, I right. mean, we're looking at the lineup, right? I know, I know we give... Team Sonic Racing a lot of uh, stuff. Uh, I'm not going to say the word, but because the lineup is so generic, and we'll get to yeah. the actual, you know, more interesting characters, but so far if they just had these characters, you think as a kid you would think this is gener- generic, or, or would you be like, wow, I could play as Amy and Eggman? You know? It's a sweet lineup, I won't lie. Like, I, I know I was a little down on it, um... Uh, I, I do kind of wish like Fang made the cut, mm. Bark, Bean, you know, some of those guys. But, I mean, playable Robotnik is pretty sweet. Right. Um, him being in the Eggmobile makes sense. I like that it hovers. You don't have it hovering in the, uh, to my knowledge, unless, well, in Transformed it hovers once you go into flight mode, but everyone's flying. Right. Um, but they put like monster truck wheels on him, which I thought was really cool. But here, like just straight up classic Eggman in a floating Eggmobile, it's cool. I like it. I dig it. Um, I just kind of wish, I don't know, like either go all running or go all vehicle when you mix it up. The fact that Eggman and Amy are probably the characters people play as the least because of their vehicles being not the best kind of hurts the game. Um, Definitely. But let, let's let's talk about Metal Sonic. This Ooh. beautiful boy. This beautiful blue boy. Um, I love Metal Sonic in any Sonic game. Uh, he, in this game, has a higher single jump than the rest of the characters and can temporarily hover over water while traveling at faster speeds, which is pretty sweet. It's actually kind of a, um, you know, like Sonic... Uh, unleashed sort of situation if you're going fast enough as metal sonic you can run over water which is kind of fun and then the character is unlocked by collecting the five sonic tokens in resort island and then resort island is that what's called yeah and then beating him in a race and and that that's how you unlock all of the uh robotic buddies what do you think of metal here if this game was like advertised as you know like now you get to play as 
this character and they brought up Metal Sonic, that would have been like an instant day one buy for me. And I think mm-hmm. back then a lot of Sonic fans would have been, you know, especially the ones that loved 2, you know, or any of the yeah. uh, classic games would be like, yeah, I'm buying this game. Because I think, I, if, I don't know if I remember or it was just people that I went to school with, but people that talked about these Sonic games, a lot of people were always like, Oh, making up rumors that if you did this, this, and that, you could play as uh, Metal Sonic, and you know, it's all false, obviously. Right, right. Yeah, and you know, it's. I'll save it. We'll get to it because you're saying you would have been like, oh, if Metal Sonic was advertised to right. be playable, that would be oh. so sweet. I didn't want well, to say they actually. Else. They almost. They did. They, they almost did. Oh, okay. They almost did. Okay. We'll, we'll get to it in a little bit. Uh, let's talk about Metal Knuckles. Metal Knuckles. So what? he is a faster variant of Metal Sonic with the ability to glide. And the character is unlocked by collecting five Sonic tokens in Reactive Factory and then beating him in a race. And the Sonic Channel at the time, the Japanese website, said, and this is a translation, As with Sonic, Eggman prepared the secret weapon for the sake of overthrowing Knuckles, considering his existence to be a hindrance. Having the same power plant as Metal Sonic, speed and acceleration power are high. But like Knuckles, this robot can glide from high places. And I really dig his design. I like that the dreads are almost like, I don't know, these like paddles coming off his head. Right. Um, he's got these knuckles that look like the um, uh, power-ups in Sonic Adventure. Mm. And... You know, when I was doing the notes for this, I almost talked about Mecha Knuckles, but that's a different character. That's from the Sonic Advance games. Yes. Um, But this one, he's not in any other games, which really surprises me. Does it surprise you that Metal Knuckles never reappears in any other games? Yes, it kind of does, because, uh, you know, you've seen... Sonic Team bring up the weirdest things. Like, we've had Zavik in more games, technically, than a Metal Knuckles yeah. since his introduction, yeah. right? And yeah. I think the Metal Sonic and Metal Knuckles have been kind of downplayed as villains since, like, the classic era. It's like they've been trying to move away from them. Now you have Shadow and Silver and all these new introduced characters. So it is kind of weird. Would you be, like, hyped if they ever made a Sonic game where, like, they just literally say, the villains are metal versions of the Sonic heroes, right? (laughs) Well, like, what? Like, just uh, the same uh, models, but with, like, shiny metal? No, like... (laughs) the main heroes? Metal Knuckles will be back, but they make a metal version redesigned of the other ones, of, like, Tails. Well, I've, I've... I've said before that Sega's really missing out on bringing, you know, some nostalgia back to the games by moving classic characters into the modern era with new designs. Like Fang, like a modern Fang, modern Metal Knuckles, that would be awesome. And they're just not doing that. Like, I'm looking forward to Frontiers, I really am. But like, Sage, it's just a little girl, (laughs) you know? Right, right. And I'm not saying, like, put Metal Knuckles in her role, but, like, God, like, imagine that. If you're playing the game, you're like, holy crap, Metal Knuckles is in this. But instead, it's a lot of bosses that look very otherworldly, more like PSO2 kind of characters. And that's cool. That works for them. But I don't know. Like, you have these sweet designs, like Metal Knuckles, and you're just, you're not utilizing it. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, if we're talking not-so-sweet designs, is Tails Doll. 
what what the hell is this thing? So Tails doll is unique to Sonic R. It's the only character that can travel over water without decreasing speed. It can also float slightly higher for a short period of time without losing momentum. And the character is unlocked by collecting five Sonic tokens in Radical City and then beating it in a race. And the Sonic Channel had this to say. So as a last resort, Eggman manufactured this to catch Sonic unprepared. This, except for the power plant embedded in its head, is a mere stuffed animal whose meager form, nevertheless, exhibits considerable ability in races due to its lightweight design. Still, it is also able to float in the air for a long time. Why? Tails doll, huh? What, what do you think of this thing? I think this has probably had a more um, online fan base than like Metal Sonic did. I mean, Metal Knuckles did. I mean, um, right. I, seen, I see this pop up as people's icons. I see it pop up in art. I see it pop up in uh, memes sometimes. Um, I, don't I was going to say, it's become a real meme. Right. And I think what it is, I think a lot of like the Sonic.exe and like the horror community really latch on to it because it's, it's creepy looking. It's got these dead eyes. But they just kind of have it do this with its head. Right. You know, tilted to the side and then they're like, oh, that's creepy. And that's fine. You know, but it's just like, Imagine how much cooler it would be to have a metal tails with like a really sweet design. And I know that exists out there. I'm, I know there's fan art, but right. tails doll. Why? It, it, I guess it's to trick Sonic, right? That's what it's for. And it's funny though, <laughs> like I don't know. It almost feels like it's a joke from Sonic Team. I mean, not Sonic Team, but Travel Travelers Tales. It's like they're like, hey, yeah. and then it's a doll, but it floats over water. And not only right. I, and it's also kind of a it's like a meta joke because it's like Tails fans usually collect Tails plushies, which this is, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Um, this next one, I really dig him. I actually have a, a toy of him back there. He's actually right where my little little fingers wiggling. Uh, I have two of three of them actually. This is the Eggman Robo. These were first seen in Sonic and Knuckles. Uh, they are, to my knowledge, like the largest badniks that appear in the game that aren't like bosses or anything. They're huge. When you see these guys in uh, Sky Sanctuary, you're like, holy mm. crap, this is, you know, like we're getting to the end of the game. And these guys, they behave similarly, similarly to Eggman, though it's easier to control and slightly faster. The characters are unlocked by collecting five Sonic tokens in Regal Ruin and then beating him in a race. So as you can see here, the five characters, including Eggman, have robot doppelgangers. So this is almost like the Eggman Metal Sonic, which I think is interesting. Um, what are your thoughts on Egg Eggman Robo? This is nostalgic, classic Sonic design uh, for, the, mm -hmm. for the bad guys. Uh, can you be, like, imagine if they made a new Sonic racing game and they were like, Gunship is uh, a playable character. I don't think you would be that excited as Egg Robo, <laughs> right. right? So it really right, says right, right. a lot for their uh, character designs back then, where they could just grab the most random, like Eggman, like literally, this is like the most random from three Sonic Three and Knuckles, and they put it right. in this game and go. And I don't know, it's weird. They like it does look unique. Um, it is weird, like you said, when there was other Sonic heroes that were more popular at the time, not getting a spot here. 
So right. Oh, uh, do you think it was a mistake putting him in, or or do you think they should have like adapted somebody from I don't know the Sonic cartoon like those? Uh, no, no. You know, you look at other Sonic racing games, and they put in like generic robots. Right. Sometimes they'll design robots for that game, like. Uh, uh, Sonic Freeriders did that. I think Team Sonic Racing does it. Like, it's just egg ponds yeah. in cars. Which, you know, what I really love about Egg Robo is when you sit back and look at, like, the evolution of these types of robots, it's very clear that this design led into E-102 uh, Gamma in um, in Sonic Adventure and then Omega in Sonic Heroes even to the point that, you know, like it's, you could argue that this is E100, you know, and then E102, like something like that. Like it's clear there's a progression. I think they actually even planned to have the Eggman Robo in Sonic Adventure and then they changed it to be a no, like a redesign. But I, I like seeing that like evolution of Eggman's robots. I think it's a cool tie to the classics and the moderns to have that evolution there. Um, you know, I I have no complaints. I think it I think it's a super cool design. Um, but let's let's talk about the super coolest design. It's supersonic. <gasps> Look at him standing there all badass with his little like chunky <laughs> hands. Hands standing oh, yeah. there like He's that. Mean. Yeah, so supersonic. He is unlocked by collecting all the Chaos Emeralds and pressing up while hovering over Sonic on the character selection screen. Uh, as is usually the case in Sonic games, Super Sonic is the fastest character in Sonic R, though the increase in speed and jump height makes him very difficult to control. Super Sonic shares all of Sonic's abilities, but now he can hover over water. So he's basically like, you play as him, you're going to win the game. Right. It seems like. Right. He's super Saiyan Sonic. Um, yeah. So what what are your thoughts on the game's roster as a whole? Um and what do you think? Do you think it needed like the chaotix or bark and bean oh, to, to be a little more? Oh, out? definitely. I think they should have used like anything, right? Like they should have used everything they had at the at this time, right? Like Fang, Bean, whatever. Charmy B should have been. Pff, come on, why not? Like I think they just Charmy. needed more, more and more racers. To be honest with you, like I think that's a problem with the game is like. A bit of it felt kind of like rushed, design wise and thought out wise and optimization wise. So I do wonder. Oh, yeah. It was rushed for sure. I do wonder how much they actually developed on it and what happened. Maybe Sega Saturn is just a nightmare to make video games on. But uh, I would have loved to see. Yeah, I would love to see uh, Bark and Fang. That would have been <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying put every Chaotix character, but it would have been fun to be like, oh, Espio's in it, and Fang's in it, because they seem to be kind of the go-to, like with um, Sonic the Fighters, they were in it. Um, Bark, but maybe not Bean, like, you can mix it up like that, I'm fine with that, like, you know, again, to talk about Sonic Frontiers, they said Shadow's not in the game, that's fine, like, we don't need to have every character in every game, but I think when it comes to a racer, um, in this you know, more falls on Team Sonic Racing. Like, the fact that Team Sonic Racing did not have every single Sonic character in existence in it is pathetic, if I'm honest. Right. Um, Mario can do that. Why can't you? You have better characters than Mario, and you're like, oh, we'll just put Vector in. Espio and Charmy aren't in the game. It's like, what, what are you thinking? 
like Mario, Mario literally has Baby Mario and Metal Mario. <laughs> Vec- Vector, it, it's when you have a game. I know this is turning into Team Sonic Racing bitching, but when you have a game where it's about teams of three, and the modern Chaotics are a team of three, and you don't use them, and instead you have Vector. What is it? Vector, Amy, and Big. What was it? Was some <laughs> weird like trio? I was like, what are you doing? It's so weird. Anyway. Um, if you caught our Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing episode from, uh, I think, a month or two ago, you may remember that Sumo Digital's initial pitch was very much like Sonic R. Uh, why Sumo and Sega did not go in that direction? Well, it could be because of Sonic R itself. Now, before you close the video, because I've done this before, I've seen people start going, oh, God, they're going to bitch about it. I don't want to listen to that, but that's not what I'm going to do. Um, this is not going to become a Sonic R bash fest. I personally really like the game, despite its shortcomings, and uh, I just think to ignore them would be a disservice to actually talking about the game. Uh, Sonic R, as I mentioned, it's a third-person racing game. It's structured similarly to Sega Arcade Racers released at the time, including Daytona USA and Sega Rally Championship. However... The game also includes some light platforming, as well as power-ups and hazards, making it uh, more similar to what one would expect from a 3D Sonic title. However, uh, if you are going into this game, you know, having played like anything from Sonic Adventure onward, you are not prepared for how the game controls. Um, you know, as I mentioned, as somebody who just played Sonic Adventure and a few months later played Sonic R... Uh, I can attest to how weird the experience was. Characters control like cars. Um, so really, you need to approach this as though it's a vehicular racing game, even though Sonic's on foot. Um, so, yeah, you know, in my opinion, there's really, there's like two layers of accessibility hurdles here. So the first one is the characters control like cars. The second one is the game as a racer is con- is not a great racer. Like, if we're going to stack it up against some of Sega's best racing titles and Sumo's titles, you know, like... Mm-mm. But at the time... And would you agree with me? Like, at the time, if you sat down and played every single Sega racing game released up to 97, Sonic R is not on top, just as a pure racing game. It's not even on top on the Sega Saturn. I think Sega Rally and uh, Daytona mm-hmm. USA were better. Um Right. Um, I will say that I agree with you on the controls being super awkward because of your racing as Sonic and it controls mm-hmm. like a vehicle and nobody expects that. It would be like, I think it, that would happen with anyone, even if you're playing like a Mario game where everyone's running, but it controls like Mario Kart. It would be weird. Right. And you you use the triggers to kind of lean right left and right which is like kind of the equivalent of drifting but the weird thing is is that the drift button is not one trigger and you move the controller it's drift buttons on either controller so really the the proper way to play this game is to move around with the d-pad and then kind of steer with the d-pad and the triggers on tight corners but then you're jumping and you're flying like your hands are doing a lot is what I'm trying to right. say. Um, so, you know, and, and I mean, that's no slam on the game because at the end of the day, if someone said to me, hey, do you want to play a Sonic racing game on the Sega Saturn? I'd be like, hell yeah. Right. Like, it's the only racing game with platformer controls 
to my knowledge, on the Saturn. So it's giving you something those other racing games are not. But the thing is, is that it's not giving you the best experience out there. I mean, the, the fact that other games from Sega were besting this in terms of racing says a lot about the quality of the controls. Um, and our, our buddy, Nicholas Schaefer, he actually weighed in on controls, but because he was playing the PC version, here's what he had to say. So he said keyboard controls weren't the best, but I got really good at playing with a flight stick. That's wow. interesting. Um, many complain about the controls, but given that I hadn't really played any other 3D games outside of the arcade, it felt like it was a perfect racer. I liked that forward momentum grew the better you did, and it was more about steering, and that really works well with a flight stick. However, I would have liked to see how it would have improved in a sequel, especially when mo- motion controls were big, something like Secret Rings. And yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised we didn't see Sonic R2 on um, like Dreamcast or Wii. Wow, oh, the Wii. Yeah. Wow. Think about that. Like. I don't oh know. yeah, like, with the motion motion controls. Yeah, yeah, with the motion controls. Um, let's talk about some of the items in the game. So the game features rings. It's a Sonic game. You gotta have rings, of course. And they are scattered all over the racetrack. However, in Sonic R, they are more of a currency than a like uh, a, like a life meter. So basically, you use them to spend on accelerators, which are like boost pads. On top of that, you can use them to open doors. So there's these big doors with numbers at the top, and if you have that many rings, the door will open for you. Mm. Um, And the game does not have a weapon system. However, some players, as I mentioned, can attack others. Uh, And there are obstacles on the track, like... uh, you know, the, the usual, like, um, spikes and things like that. Um, however, they don't kill you and they don't eliminate you. There's no way to fall off the track. There's no... What, what's his name from the Mario Kart games? Like that guy with oh, the fishing pole? I, I don't know. God? I mean, he yeah. comes out with the fishing pole and saves your life literally <laughs> yeah. every time, right? Big, <laughs> big the cat could fly in. Um, but, yeah, there's none of that. Uh, players also have the option to find and collect Chaos Emeralds to unlock S- Super Sonic. They can also collect Sonic tokens, of which there are five. Five is kind of the magic number in this game. There's five initial characters, five Sonic tokens, five tracks. Five um, months to complete the and game. Then, exactly. <laughs> and then when you collect all five, you then race one of the doppelganger characters to unlock them. However... What makes this process really tricky is that it's not just collecting the emerald or collecting the coins. You must place first after doing this. So there's this screen. It's a huge middle finger to the player where it says, um, like, you you have collected a chaos emerald. And the emerald's there. And then it drops. And behind <laughs> it says not. So it says you have not collected a chaos emerald. Good. I and mean, it hurts because... You don't know that first place rule when you're first playing this game. You're like, oh shit, I got a KS Emerald. This is awesome. No, you mm. didn't. Uh-uh. So, <laughs> despite appearing like a simplistic game, Sonic R uh, packs a lot into a race. Do you find this sort of gameplay system overwhelming, or do you think it offers players a variety of ways to play and unlock content with like a level of uh, difficulty? Right. I mean, I think they had to make these conditions because most people would unlock everything in literally like 
I don't even think it takes that long to even unlock everything in this game. So no. I would say they needed it. They needed it because they didn't have enough content to keep you going and going. But then I was thinking, right. like even back then, like Mario Kart, they didn't have any unlockables, did they? Like you bought the game Mario Kart, played it, and, like everything was unlockable already, right? You played some circus circuit races for like tracks, I think. I think you're right. Yeah, like I don't think they had unlockables back then, so this was probably like a more new thing at the time. I guess mid '90s modern. <laughs> I guess they. I mean, did they? Even Sonic Two. Like I, I don't. Right. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't think they did, but they didn't have a save feature, also, right? So I don't know. I think once you start introducing a save feature, that's when you know, the unlockables really come into play well. Otherwise, like, imagine that. You start up the game, you're like, oh, I unlocked Eggman, but I gotta turn the machine off now. Oh, you know what's the um, worst? When you have your Sega Saturn, what? and you have your saves in the internal memory, and then, like, the battery goes out. That sucks. Yep. That happens to me a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's a good amount of it, it kind of reminds me of sonic adventure and sonic adventure 2 with the emblems where there's mm. like different ways to play a stage however unlike that like with sonic adventure 2 you don't need to pick which one you're doing they're all there and i kind of prefer that because it took me actually like a year or two before i realized that in sonic adventure i was like oh i gotta pick them oh now the conditions changed like i don't know <laughs> it was I was a little thrown by that, but here it's very cool to have it all in one stage. Um, another gameplay element uh, is our items. However, they are not weapons. Instead, you can earn rings, water shields, and lightning shields found in Sonic 3. The water shields let you walk on water, while the lightning shield draws in rings. Um, do you think this game could have used a weapon system? What do you think about that? Uh, usually I hate weapon systems, right? Cause, I mean, you know when you play Mario Kart and you beat everyone and then that one shell hits you and it's... I guess it's good for everyone else, but uh, I would say yes because these kind of party games are usually more for, like, a group of people that aren't, like, super experts at games. Like, they're not going to be playing Sonic R to be playing Daytona USA and try to drift, drift and learn how to, like, do the fastest time. So I would say right. yes because it's a party game. So you need everyone to be even the like the youngest you know person playing has a, a chance to hit someone and ruin their game at least. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I kind of like that this game doesn't have you like dying or going off uh, the track. Like it's actually very easy in that regard. Like I've played. Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing recently, and I was just kind of, like, casually playing it. And I kept... I'd die, 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 go off the track, go off the track. Like, it would happen, like, four times in a row in rapid succession. I was just, like, getting frustrated. And here, I play the game, and I just kind of, like, bump into a wall. You know? Like, there's <laughs> none of that going on. Um, now, there are some other features in the game. Um, I, I haven't played them all that much, but aside from the main game, there's a time attack which features three modes. So there's reverse, which you'd think would be mirror mode, but it's actually you going through the track backwards, which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a balloon popping one where you pop 
the magic number five balloons found within the stage. Um, or uh, you, what is this? You take the other racers in the quickest possible time. I don't know what I was writing there. Um, but the Saturn version, when you do the two-player mode, it's only two players. However, the PC version supports up to four. And when wow. you consider the fact that each race has five characters, you're basically four friends and one NPC, or one AI-controlled racer each time, which is pretty cool. Um, now, a lot has been written and discussed about the AI in the game. When I was doing research for this, like it's the thing that people were most discussing. And yeah, it, it is a weird AI system. So basically... The computer-controlled opponents, they rarely interact with the player and follow the same route along the course almost every time. Um, also, the computer will select the four best unlocked racers available every time, meaning that once you start unlocking the full roster, you will never see Amy Rose again, which kind of sucks because, like, it's kind of nice to have a little easier competition or just on the eyes to see those classic five characters up there. Uh-huh. But no, like once you unlock the metal variants, the game is basically you and all the metals, which is very odd. Um, and racers that can attack other opponents will still attack, but they won't like hunt you down, which is, I guess, kind of nice. But at the same time, like, there isn't really any artificial intelligence there. They're just kind of like, there's a player in front of me. I will shoot them. Oh, they're not in front of me anymore? Whatever. You know? <laughs> um, okay. The AI also never jumps. It's like Zoolander, but instead of turning left, like it does not jump. Okay. Um, and it will also ignore large sections of the map, which is really odd. And I was actually playing it, and I don't know how... The Eggman went through, like, one of the, like, AI-controlled Eggmans went through, like, a, uh, like a shortcut. But he seemed kind of confused when he did. It was kind of funny. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I personally have never really given much thought to AI com- opponents. But reading all these, like, it makes me want to go back and play the game and see all these weird quirks. So what are, what are your thoughts about, like, the AI or lack of intelligence here? Um... It's pretty normal for early racing games to do something like this where it's really simplistic. Mm. Um, you could obviously right. exploit it if you play the game enough. And obviously some people have played Sonic R a lot, as you could tell, with the discussion yeah. of the AI. Um, I remember uh, rubber banding. That's what they call it now, where you would be playing a game and the AI was always near you no matter how well you did. You could literally do the worst ever. It would be near you to keep the race you know, competitive. Or you could do absolutely perfect, and the AI would still be at the same, you know, break right next to you. So I noticed right. that kind of stuff when I played games back in the day. Um, have did you ever notice anything tiny like that? Where like, oh, this guy's gonna do this, and he always does it because it's an AI. I've noticed. I mean, this is something that Sonic R doesn't do. I've noticed car- like AI hunting me down. And I'd be like, can you please leave me alone? Like, go away. Right. <laughs> like, it, it's it's very bizarre. And that rubber banding, too. I've Yeah, I've seen that, too. Like, I'm, I'm super crappy at this game, but it seems like all the players are also, like, crappy, too. They're all sticking around me. This is kind of nice of them, you know? Right. Um, but on the opposite end, I've played games where I'm, I get good enough that I'm 
every single time leave all the AI opponents in the dust and it oh, just yeah. gets boring. That's true. Like too. I've had games where I've been lapping, like I'll, I'll be on lap three and they're on one. And that's actually happened in uh, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing for me when I'm like, holy crap, this guy's beating me. And then I look and I'm like, wait, how am I? They're they're passing me, but I'm still in first. You know, like, right. very weird. Um, let's talk about the game's tracks. Oof, so the game here. features a beefy five tracks. Too no, many. actually, five's pretty small. Yeah. Um, Take it back. Too, too many. <laughs> five, they're spoiling us here. I know, right? So let, let's run through all of them and um, tell me if you notice a trend here. So the first one is Resort Island, this and is a level in the from U.S. Sonic manual, Rush. yeah, right. They say here uh, it's a wonderful day for a race on this tropical island paradise. A nice blue sky, lots of greenery, a pretty waterfall. It's all here. Get too enchanted though, and you might slip into the water or bump into a coconut tree. <laughs> Time to hop. Around the smaller islands, going for a little rock climbing is well worth the effort, too. What's oh. your thought on Resort Island? This is kind of like the typical green, tropical Sonic level. It's kind of a trope in every Sonic game. Mm-hmm. So it returns These here. These are all tropes. Right. They're yeah. all going to be tropes, right? This is one. This is why Sonic Rush, I kind of skipped the levels. It's like, they're kind of always tropey like this. Uh, I, I like the island theme all the time, so I'm cool with it because it's kind of like... The mark of Sonic at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. The first level yeah. always has to be resort or, or like some sort of island type level. So, yeah. Right. And if that's the case, then the next level would have to be Radical City. Ooh, nice. And ours. in this one, <laughs> we've got, are you catching on? Yes. Uh, so in the manual, it says, this course is pretty wide. Gaps in the railing aren't just accidental breaks. Waterways look like slow going at first, but they can save you some time if you know which turns to take. And speaking of turns, there are a couple of tight ones to add to your fun. Ever wondered what it would be like to be a pinball? And no. yeah, I... What my, my main complaint, and this kind of goes for all, almost all of these tracks, is it's very easy to get lost. Like, it's not a very um, obvious track... You know, you look at it, look at the little corner here, and there's some weird twists and turns going on. Right. And there was one part where I was just like, where am I going? And then I realized, like, I had to, like, go around a barrier and then to the left. And it was, like, almost like a little maze. It definitely was not car-friendly. So the, this stage especially takes more of a platforming approach, which I find so odd. And that's kind of what makes this game, I guess, so unique is that they are part racetracks, part like platforming levels. That's the weird part, which, right? Like, yeah, there's steps. Like, it's just it's 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 kind of odd. Um, now the next one, Regal Ruin. Oh, is this about takes you? Is this about Regal Cinema going bankrupt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's uh, Sonic Tails and Knuckles running around an abandoned movie theater. What's Ooh. that playing on the screen? It's Michael Morbius. Yes. <laughs> It's Mormon time. Get No, that's not what it's... So, Regal Ruin. Uh, these ancient Egyptian remains are an archaeologist's dream, or a nightmare, depending on if you like mazes or not. 
The main path is pretty easy to follow, but there are many little roads and nooks that could be hiding treasure. So search well. Springs might help you out of tight spots in this course. And what I think is interesting is the mention of Egypt. Right. Because that's a very earth earthly thing. I don't think Sonic's ever called... They call them pyramids, but they've never said Egyptian remains. So, Like I said, everything yeah. about this game, just like they have to make it like, you know, use the words that make it seem more grim. It's like uh, earthly remains. What did it say right here? Remains. Like remains sounds so... I don't know. Like they could use something else to sugarcoat a kid's game. That's all. Like, uh, no. yeah. But I will say this level reminds me of something out of Sonic Adventures, Knuckles levels, right? It's cool. Yeah, I, I dig this one. I think Regal Ruins one of my favorites. And there's a cool reveal for the emerald. It like, it's like this little like uh, thing in the ground that opens up with four little corners. It's mm. it's neat. I don't know. It's kind of fun. Um, the next one is Reactive Factory. And, uh, oh, here you are, transported into the future. Enter the Factory of Tomorrow, a completely automated wonder. But there is lots of room to run. There are many hidden surprises and traps. What appears to be the first simple course is really the hardest of all the four courses. I don't know, I guess it's... I, I I thought they all were kind of hard after uh, <laughs> right? Resort Island, um, especially with the pop up. Like, <laughs> so what what are your thoughts here? What do you think about Re- Reactive Factory? Uh, a highway level from Sonic Adventure. Uh, I think this is pretty unique at the time as as a level design, like actually being on the street like this. Um, mm-hmm. But this totally reminds me of like what was that? level from sonic adventure highway like high it's on the tip of my tongue you know the one where you where the cops are chasing you and you go down the building on the side speed highway speed highway and i think it's from two not from one but yeah um kind of reminds me of that kind of look and play was it radical highway right from yeah uh reactive factory and then radical highway was sonic adventure Two. two right it kind of reminds me of one of those more modern yeah. sonic levels right just the i don't know because in it sonic does. adventure you i mean in the first classic sonic games you're not in the street like a real street yeah exactly but i mean i i kind of dig it but my favorite one is the next one and in the manual it just says hey what's that x on the screen for could it be a hidden course and it is it's my favorite course it's radiant emerald and what i like about this is it's the most race coursey kind of track. And I feel like this is the design they should have gone with for all the levels, just kind of like wide open roads, twisty turny paths going up and down. Um I I think this track's very cool. It's the Rainbow Road of Sonic, but instead it's like a track made out of rings and ring shapes and like emerald shapes. It's it's lovely. It's got some beautiful music too. What are your thoughts on Radiant Emerald? I like it. I dig it. I like the... It kind of reminds me of like a bonus level from Sonic Adventure. I mean, Sonic 2, you know, like mm-hmm. how it's more plain and stuff. So I like it. Yeah, I also yeah. like how they started every course with an R to stick with the Sonic yeah. R theme. Uh, it's really smart of them. So thankfully yeah. they did that. And yeah, I like this one. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's it. You know, it's it's... If we're looking at the tropes, it's the island, the city, 
the ancient ruins, the factory, and then out in outer space and emeralds. And, you know, it, five is not a lot, but I think five works. I think if they did any more, the game would probably not make it right. <laughs> for the Christmas uh, push that they were going for. But, you know, I, I think all in all, it's a nice, solid mix. Um, I think it gets even more mixed once you start playing the PC one when the uh, time of day changes. I think that's kind of a big game changer. We'll talk about that a tiny bit in a little bit here. Um, you know, as far as the music, there isn't too much to say. It's pretty forgettable. What? Uh, no, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> there's oh, there's a lot to say. Got gotcha, you guys. Uh, I t- tricked you with an R. Um, I fooled you. Uh, so there's a lot to say about the music because, in my opinion, it's probably one of the best aspects of Sonic R. It's the one everyone, even people are like, oh, this game controls horribly, but the music's great. Um, right, right. I mean, you know, people always say, like, you know, even the worst Sonic games have great music, and, you know, I, I don't think Sonic R by any stretch is the worst game, but the music is. Mwah. So Sonic R's soundtrack was produced by Richard Jacques. I used to say Richard Jockus. But that's clearly wrong. Um, is it though? And the songs were... Perf- it is okay. completely wrong. Jockus. <laughs> Jockus. It's, I think it's Richard Jacques. Um, and the songs were performed by British singer T.J. Davis. And at the time, some grumpy reviewers complained about the vocals and usually made it a point to say, you know, like, thankfully you can turn them off in the options menu. But I will tell you right now that if you turn the vocals off you are not getting the full and complete Sonic R experience. Um, and a little development bit that I don't think I put in the notes, the the team was initially hesitant to have vocals in the game to the point where the game initially defaulted to off. Can you imagine mm. that? Like, you'd have to go into the settings and realize... How many people would not know for years that there were vocals to Sonic R? Right. Think about that. right. I agree. And also these reviewers that were grumpy and they said this, I hope that after they published this, they never got a job reviewing video games ever. (laughs) That's what I hope. I hope they drop dead. Whoa, whoa, pull it back a bit. This is two Sonic R storyline. I hope they jump off, jump into a lake. That's supposed to be super, super mean to say. Oh. Um, Yeah. So, but in any case, even better, if you put the Saturn or PC CD in your computer, you get the full soundtrack complete with CD text tags, meaning Sega clearly wanted you to play this on your computer and in your car. And right. the last bit that Nicholas Schaefer had to add here is that the music was a big deal for me. I would often listen to it as a music CD on my Dreamcast. Whenever I felt down or depressed, I would listen. Can you feel the sunshine? to cheer me up. I also used the music as a test. My wife wasn't into games in sci-fi, so I needed her to know what she was getting into with me. So I played <laughs> her this soundtrack on a date, and to her Uh-oh. credit, she didn't run. Can't say I didn't warn you. Warn her. And yeah, I have a similar story. So my friend Steve, who's appeared on a few Swing and Report shows, he was in a band called Beta Test, and they would play like orchestral, like it was like a jazz band or something, uh, takes on like video game music. And I took my wife mm. to one, of, or my wife knows, yeah, long story, I won't get into it. But anyway, we went to one of his concerts and 
she told me at the end, she was like, I think the Sonic music was the best stuff. The uh, Casino Night she liked. So, I mean, good. S- good. Sega soundtracks, you know, I mean, they're, you know, they're good. They're good. Right. Yeah. She was like, the Sonic music's really good. And I was like, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Sonic R, it's a small but strong soundtrack. What is your favorite track from the game? I have to go generically, you know, Can You Feel the Sunshine? I mean, it's such a good track, right? I don't know. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think it gives you that nostalgia. Even then, when I first heard it, I was like, this is weird. Like, something about the Sega Saturn soundtracks at the time had this weird, like, nostalgia feel even before it even became old. Like, I remember playing mm-hmm. Nights and being like, I don't know, something so wholesome and nostalgic about the whole theme and Christmas and uh, the music on it. So, yeah. A little yeah. cheesy, too. Yeah. I mean, Nights was a little cheesy. And so is this. And it's okay to be a little cheesy, I think. Just have to hit the right amount yeah. of cheese. Well, the weird thing about Nights is that they use samples from Home Alone. And I don't think they ever, like, licensed it. So it was probably illegally used. Very Ooh. weird. Like, I can't play Nights anymore without... I mean, I can. But I can't play it without thinking of Kevin going, <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Uncle Frank. Like, that's what they use. It's so bizarre. But, yeah, in this game... I, I like them all. I think Work It Out is a good one. Let's oh, work yeah. it out, work it out. Think, you know, like, um, and, and as far as, like, favorite lyrics, I would, I like the lyrics for that one. Like, we all need to remember that nothing in this world comes for free. We have to make it what we want, because you and me, you know, like that. I thought that, I don't know, I, I like Oh, uh, like you're getting teary, you're getting teary died. It's okay. And um, the remixes are really good, too. So if you seek them out, there's some official remixes. I think the remix for that one is really good. Um, The the, uh, Supersonic Racing remix in, what is it, in Sonic Generations is really good. And they use samples from the commercials, if I'm not mistaken, the old Mm -hmm. Saturn commercials, which is pretty cool. Um, So, yeah, overall, good job on Rashard Jacques. And, of course... He went on to create music for several Sonic and Sega titles, and his multiple appearances in future Sonic racing games is no accident. He composed so. music for All-Stars Racing, Free Riders, All-Stars Racing Transformed, and Team Sonic Racing. However, if you are a fan of Sonic R's music stylings, I would suggest seeking out Metropolis Street Racer, which oh, features yeah. TJ Davis again. And there's some fantastic tracks on that, which seem like they're basically new Sonic R tunes. Um, so you're welcome if uh, if you were looking for more Sonic R music. You, right. w- what are your thoughts on the Metropolis Street Racer soundtrack? This is uh, w- didn't people say this is the same team that or people that went on to make Forza that is now Microsoft's thing? But I mm-hmm. mean, re- yeah, because reg- I remember this game being really hyped. Um, I played a little bit of it. I remember liking the soundtrack. I did not know that it was the same vocal. It was for Sonic R. Um, I do remember enjoying what I played, but I I just wasn't that into sim racers. And this was trying to be kind of a sim racer at the time. So, and right. there's so many racing games on the Sega. I mean, the Dreamcast. Remember? So yeah, yeah. See, I wish I played it more though. Maybe I will, but right now yeah, the the, the... 
Go on. Well, the standout song for Metropolis Street Racer, Racer was the um, When We First Got Together, Everything Felt So Right, You Said You Wanted to Be With Me. You know that one where it's like, right. now that you are gone, how could I be so wrong when I think of it? Like, it's awesome. It's like it's like new Sonic R music. Right. Um, and there's a, there's a little twist, and I guess we'll actually get to it right now. I didn't put it in the notes, but I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, why didn't I do that? Um, so first up, let's talk about... Um, let's see. Oh, the PC port. Yeah, so, well, most Sega and Sonic fans, uh, wait, wait, sorry. Uh, oh, I'm sorry about that. So, well, most Sega fans know Sonic R as a Saturn title. It did release, as we mentioned, in 1998 to the PC, and years later in 2005 received a port to the Nintendo GameCube in the Sonic Gems collection, which I'm holding here. Um, if you are a nerd for graphical comparisons and things like fogging text techniques and the difference between software rendering and hardware rendering, I highly suggest checking out the Sonic Retro Wiki article um, for Sonic R under the Versions tab, as there is a very meaty breakdown of how the game runs on the PC... Uh, but since we're running long, I, I put that in the notes because I knew we would be running long, <laughs> yeah, even though I'm not even looking at the clock right, right, right now. Right, right, um, I want to keep it simple, so I would say the biggest difference between the Saturn and PC version is that the PC version, as well as Sonic Gems Collection, uh, has a added bonus of seeing different times of day during races, which is a cool graphical upgrade, in my opinion. Any, uh -huh. any stage set at sunset is lovely, and I... Again, to talk about Sonic Frontiers, I cannot wait for sunset in any of the islands. It's going to be right. so pretty. And the night, oh, nighttime, it's going to be lovely. Come it, on, guys, like, nighttime. Like the best parts of old Genesis games was, you know, you're reaching the end in some of the games when you see the sunset or the do or the sun oh. come up. Like Shinobi games, boom. Oh, man, I'm already coming to the end. Look, you can see the sunset or the sun's coming up. We I should do... We should do a Sega talk where we each present our five favorite sunsets in video games. Right. Maybe. Beautiful. That'd be That'd be a beautiful yeah. episode. That'd be a beautiful... Maybe like a last episode ever. The sun setting on Sega... No. Um, right. Right. <laughs> let's talk about the game's development. So Sonic R was the second Sonic project to be handled by Traveler's Tales, a British studio that had also worked on Sonic 3D Blast in 1996. The core members of the team remained the same between 3D Blast and Sonic R, including the studio's head, John Burton, who was responsible for design and programming, as well as the lead artist, James Cunliffe. Sonic Team oversaw the development and pro provide requirements and feedback to the British team. Um, it's interesting because the game actually began its life as a car racer, I known internally... As formula, it was a Formula One racing game for Sega, which was an answer to PlayStation's game Formula One. And what's really kind of ironic is that PlayStation's Formula One game was made by the team that would in, end up becoming Bizarre Creations, who made Metropolis Street Racer and eventually made Pro Project Gotham Racing. And they had Richard Jock come onto their team as the composer. So it's like he played, he basically composed music for 
the competition, the initial competition to Sonic R before the game became what it was. Mm. Um, so the Formula One project was worked on for just a few months, but they did develop an engine as well as 3D assets being created. However, the cancellation of Sonic Extreme led to Sega canceling the Formula One project, but asking Traveler's Tales to adapt the engine into a Sonic racing game to be released in Christmas 1997. And the working title of the game was Sonic TT, which was both a nod to Traveler's Tales as well as a nod to the term time trial or tourist trophy, which was used on the earlier Saturn game Manx TT Superbike. Um, Oh, all right. so do do you think like building the game off of a Formula One engine hurt or helped Sonic R in the end? Probably. Well, if they made it a kart racing game, it could have like helped it probably. Mm-hmm. But it hurt right. the fact that the game was like by foot. And I bet you anything that they they thought like, well, it'll be our Sonic uh, kart, right? Uh, and just copy right. Mario and then call it a day. But then Sonic teams like. Why people are gonna ask why Sonic is not why is Sonic in a car? People are gonna ask that. You know that's what Sonic Team said, and then and then we got what we got. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, if if they started with nothing, I think the game would have been worse because they would have had to develop a racing system in a short right. amount of time. So I think we got the best case scenario. Now, if they said this is a Christmas 98 game, then maybe it would be a little different, but then it would be releasing when the Dreamcast was coming out, so and I guess this was this was it. Yeah, this <laughs> really. is it, because like, 97 is literally the last year of the, the Sega Saturn, like, relevancy-wise. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It should have been a Dreamcast yeah. game, maybe. Like a 99, like, now, can you imagine... Dreamcast launching with Sonic Adventure and a Sonic Kart racing game at the same same mm, day. Now that bang. would have been, you know, that would have been that would have been smart because then it, Sonic Team would have been wouldn't have been stretched thin because they would have been relying on Traveler's Tales. They could have even done like a remastered version and called it like Sonic R Tuned or something like that. You know what I mean? Like mm, R Tuned. Oh well. Um. So the tracks in the game the the thing that I thought was kind of wild is that Sonic Team actually designed the tracks, but they did it in 2D on paper, and then they presented it to Traveler's Tales, which would convert it into 3D. Um, As far as, like, early development, the game had a relay mode planned, where each lap of the course would be completed by a different character, so you'd play, like, lap one as Sonic, lap two as Knuckles, which is interesting, because that's kind of like Team Sonic Racing decades later, where... You're not, you know, like all the characters are helping each other. Um, There was also a mirror mode planned as well as... What else was there? I I think it was just the mirror mode was planned. But according to John Burton, this was all scrapped due to code having to be rewritten to compensate for the changes. And it was just the game had to get out by Christmas 97, so it wasn't going to happen. So no relay mode, no um, mirror mode. And yeah. the flame shield was ta- <laughs> yeah. We're here in the notes. It says that the flame shield was ta- removed because it was too similar to the lightning shield. Did you? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So, um, in addition, so yeah. So, 
character models were downgraded. Um, I don't know if you can tell from any of the pictures we've been showing, but if you check out some of the promotional artwork, there are little extra little features on characters' faces that were removed. So Tails was going to have, like, I think whiskers or something, which is kind of weird. I don't think he ever had whiskers. Maybe yeah. they're talking about his little little hairs. Um and then also, as you mentioned, the flame shield was removed from the game, but the reason was is it was too similar to the lightning shield. I, I guess maybe they could have done the flame shield like it pops other characters' bubble shields, you know, mm. like it could have done something like that. Like a rock, but, paper, scissor element to it? Right, yeah, but they just they scrapped it, which I think was a shame. I think keeping it w- wouldn't have been a problem, even if it was similar to the lightning shield. Um, another bit that was dropped was the prototype box art. So let's take a look at it here and all of it's like, like, um, I don't know. This thing's like, how, it's the smallest file I've ever seen for right. anything. I can't find a larger version. All the prototype um, boxes are like the. But yeah, so basically this is a 1998 prototype. Well, this was discovered in 1998. It's prototype, prototype box art for the game. Um, it's been said to be scrapped because it featured Metal Sonic on the cover, which was seen as <laughs> really? a spoiler. They oh. claim that. It seemed as a, a spoiler for the game. You can see him below Sonic's shoe there. But, right. I mean, in my opinion, I don't understand. Like, Sega at the time wasn't like they are now with Frontiers, where everything's, like, hidden behind a big, you know, like, wall, and we're not going to learn anything until the game releases. Like, back then... I don't think they would have been afraid to say medals in this game. It seems right. kind of weird to be kind of, yeah, bothered by that. However, as I mentioned earlier, there was like a little bit of a, I don't know, like with Metal Sonic, they said, um, like, what did I say about him? Like, he sells a game. Like, like, yeah, he. I mean, but I, I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe that there might be some truth to that, but it just seems so odd that they would have scrapped the box art. Just because of that, because in my in my opinion, you look at that, you can paint him out like he's behind Sonic's shoe. Just put like a cloud over him, or um, put another character there. Like draw another character and then just Photoshop him on top, or put well, Sonic's shoes. Amy? Oh yeah, put Amy instead. You know? That's my thing. Exactly, like, but I, yeah, yeah. If, if I'm honest, is, though, I think I was asking if you think this what? is better than the the uh, new the original one. Oh, I mean, 100%. Like, if we have that up on this... Here's the original one. Like, compare. Now, I think the reason is, though, is that they wanted... Sega wanted 3D renders on the box Uh, so that they could better represent that it's a 3D game. They didn't want people thinking it was a 2D Sonic game, which is a shame because... And and you saw that with Sonic 3D Blast as well. They had the 3D render on the cover. Um, Now, a really cool thing... Uh, that's happened. Actually, I think 2017 he started doing this. Uh, John Burton of Tap Traveler's Tales put quite a lot of development t- materials on his YouTube channel, which goes by the name of Game Hut. Not Pizza Hut, Game Hut. Right. And you can see everything from the earliest version of the game, games, I think, first three prototypes, as well as, I think he might have E3 builds and some other things. So let's take a look at the earliest version of Sonic R, which he dubbed version 0.1. It's a first-person perspective showing off a scrapped stage. Give me a sec. I got it. All right. I'll play it. He even has a little intro and everything. 
Yeah, so these are really awesome. I advise anyone to check these out if you're a big Sonic R fan because he does uh, text commentary over the video so you can kind of learn about the development of the game. So at... Yeah, so I think we're probably looking at the, motion just, now, right? Right, right, right. What do you think it, of this? This is interesting. It reminds me kind of like, I don't know, it looks like... It's kind of hard to tell what it would look like without it being finished and what other artwork there would be. But it looks very right. Robotnik-ish, like maybe he had his own Eggman Land type course or something. But it's weird because there's mm -hmm. also a, a Sega Sonic... Uh, yeah. Add on there, right? So, yeah. I see he does a little commentary. I'm surprised he doesn't just break it down himself. That's and what's cool. interesting is that if you skip ahead to oh, 420, bro, skip ahead to 420, oh. he actually flies around the map and gives you a little tour, and you can see. Robo Robotnik, he's like a chef, and it's called Robotniks, like it's a restaurant. Oh, <laughs> it is. That's actually pretty. I'm surprised nobody's redone yeah. his artwork. Ha have they? Done? Isn't that awesome? No, that I don't think so. And he's got like a little apron. Maybe we can ask one of the Sonic artists to like put him in that for an IDW cover or something. But yeah, and then let's look at the next one. So the second version of the game is called version 0.2 with the background ripped directly from the game Mickey Mania, which Travels, Traveler's Tales also worked on. Um, and there's like multiple Sonics. It's very bizarre. It's like a weird dream you might have had. I'll start, so it check off, out. I'll start off at 18 seconds where it actually starts the gameplay. Yeah. Oh, I like how Sonic is just floating. Yeah. So this is, he says in the commentary that everything's on rails, so it, it, you just start the game up and it just plays itself. Oh, um, But it's, you know, it, it it's like a very early version of the first stage. You know what, as a kid, you know, you always think, what is this game, like, when you work on a game, what does it look like? And it's not very, like, flattering, like, just floating around, you, you think it would be more like, I don't know. You ever think about that? Like, what early versions of your favorite games look like? They look like crap, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Same thing, but yeah. And you can see that that pixelated background that's from Mickey Mania, and oh. the three D the three D Sonic floating there with the metal textures. That head is from the now loading screen. So oh they're just like putting in random assets. Yeah. Very weird. So yeah, so definitely check that out, John's YouTube channel, um, for more prototype clips, because there's some really cool stuff there if you're a Sonic R fan. Um, he also provided overhead views of the tracks, which are an interesting way to look at these classic stages, and you can see them here. I have a, a screenshot of all four that are on Sonic Retro. Um, but you can visit there, click on them, view them in, in widescreen. But it gives, honestly, if you're someone like me who struggles with some of the maps, looking at these, it 
it makes it a lot easier to go back in the game and play. But look at Regal Ruin. Like, how insane is that? That is Where's the track? It's somewhere in there. I just you can lost. See why. <laughs> right, right. You can see why I get lost there. Um, yeah, and then as far as secrets, uh, the game has a few little things. They're not that secret, so um, you can rotate the R on the title screen and change its color from like red to silver. You can also resize menu items, and uh, there's a button combo that lets you race as yourself in versus mode, so nothing too crazy. Uh, as far as merchandise, Sonic R did not see too much, to my knowledge. There were no plush toys or Archie comic or Fleetway comic adaptations. Um, there was a set of Burger King toys released around the same time as the game, but when you look at the toys, like nothing about it says Sonic R. They look like Sonic 3 toys, if anything. We can throw the picture of those up right. there. They look like the Sonic cartoon um, or something. Yeah, like, well, it's like... it's. The cartoon Robotnik, and then everything else, like tail, like that Knuckles and Tails, they look like the Happy Meal toys, but obviously right. they're not, because it's ha- Burger King. When's the last time Burger King had like a pimpin' promotion for like kid toys? Because like, they definitely don't have Sonic anymore, because like, when's the right. last time... Well- you know, there are a couple of really great YouTube channels out there. Uh, I, I forgot which one did a documentary. It might be Yesterworld or Defunct Land, but they did a history of the Burger King Kids Club. Um, it's a must-watch. What's really interesting is that basically McDonald's lost or lost or dropped the license for Disney, and Burger King snapped it up, and then Lion King was like the the movie, and right. Burger King like made bank and then mcdonald's was like holy shit what do we do and basically from there burger king had like a foothold they were they had better toys remember that time like when burger king toys were better than McDonald's toys i mean it was the only reason i joined the kids club thing and i know the characters (laughs) and all that other stuff right because they had the best toys that's what i'm saying it's like yeah right yeah and then they had um the 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 first hispanic kid he like draw, drew pictures his name was like right. sketch or etch or something like that right. um but then what happened was they they changed it to the big kids meal and then they just kind of dropped it like there aren't really burger king toys now there aren't even like wendy's toys they're all they're just like generic things that you build or there's like crayons and i'm actually kind of surprised mcdonald's is still doing what they're doing but i'm glad they are because otherwise i wouldn't have my little Sonic 2 Happy Meal back there, but yeah, like, right, man, there was a time when Burger King ruled, it's kind of like the the Sega and Nintendo, like, console wars, but there are Burger right. King fans who were like, man, for a brief moment, the, we the had kids it. club meal We had better. it all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's um, like, does now, anyone even go yeah. to McDonald's, I mean, Burger King anymore? Like, I've never met anyone that likes it. I've been there. Is it good? I get the, um, it's fine. Yeah, I like the um, Impossible Whopper because it's like super healthy compared to a Whopper. It tastes like a Whopper, but it's Impossible meat, so it's, I don't know. I was doing I that hate... when I was like on my diet. Uh, I got you. I've never tried Impossible yeah. meat, so maybe one day I'll go in and give it a try. Im- have an Impossible Chili Dog, maybe. Um, Ooh. So... As far as merch, I actually I threw the question out to Twitter. I said, can you think of any Sonic R merch that was released around the time 
as the game. And so some replies were uh, um, Mary Angelou said there's a vinyl single of Reactive Factory, I think. Um, Linka <laughs> wow. who's who's like into this stuff like 100%, right. 100%. Uh, said they're the Burger King toy promotion. And I said, well, did you ever see Sonic R like logos? And then Ryan Langley uh, weighed in and he said that um, the box art did. So you can see the box there. Oh, wow. The meal had Sonic R. You don't own so, this? There you go. I don't have that. I wish I did. And then um, further down, Games Asylum said there was a tiger game. And I've never seen that before. And then Where I said, I? does it play? I said, I imagine it played like Sonic Dash. And he replied and he shows um, the instructions. And it does. It's like it's like Sonic Dash Tiger Game where you run left and right. You And what's really funny is that there's no racing here. But there are piles of tires. Which makes me think they were like, oh, it's a racing game? Well, there's cars, right? Let's put tires on the track. Which does does not happen in the game. Right. Like on consoles. Um, but there are the accelerator pads and uh, and the little um, item boxes there. So, interesting. And what I like, too, is that it actually has all the stages. So, if you look in the background there, um, there's Reactive Factory, and it just changes the background. And then you see the palm trees there. Are we looking like, at the... At, wait, okay, sorry, go on. At, at the Tiger Game um, screen. So basically, you know, like Tiger Game overlays would do these really clever things where if they wanted to have one stage that were palm trees and another stage that were um, like a city with like um, uh, street lamps, they would build the palm tree outline and then the street lamp would sit inside the palm tree and then they would just turn off the, the palm tree layer for the LCD and there would be a street lamp there. You mm, see that? And then I like... Do. Reactive Factory would have the other stage inside of it, and so I when see. the graphics turn on, it's it's very, I don't know, it's kind of clever. And you know, there was actually I don't know if it was a decade ago, but the artist for these actually commented on, on an article I wrote, and that was pretty interesting. So yeah, LCD artists, it's a real job. Um, Used to so be yeah, a real that job. that's a. Used to no, it still is. Like they make calculators now, right? No, I guess. Um, yeah. So I mean, that that's pretty much it for like the merch. Um, yeah. And then as far as the the game itself, there hasn't been a re-release since two thousand five. So Sonic R is probably the least marketed game in terms of merchandise and the least released game. Really? I mean, I don't know. Like, even Sonic Origins put Knuckles Chaotix music on there, but where's Sonic R? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Where is that, it? I, I would agree. Um, it is. Why is this when, game ignored? I think, I think it's the same thing with all Traveler's Tales games. Like, I don't think Sonic 3D Blast, even though it had a Saturn port, I think. It, I don't think mm-hmm. any of their games kind of lived up after, like, Sega kind of abandoned it and moved on. That's what it feels like to me. Do you think it was a quality issue? Like they felt like it wasn't a good game to keep pushing out there because it's not like, you know, like Sonic 2, you know? I think so. And maybe it just happened to be on a dying console. Like how many Saturn games does Sega pushed outside of the really popular Mm. ones? 
afterwards. That's like even, true. Even yeah, Panzer yeah. Dragoon afterwards had like kind of like little hiatus until the Xbox. Well, it's funny you mention that because like Sonic R's legacy is still Sega still goes back to that like that pond or pool or whatever and, mm. and dips into it because like every single Sonic racing title since utilizes like they try to you know like leech off the nostalgia of sonic r so for example um sonic sonic riders has the red r sonic free riders has the red r um they had music appearing in uh sonic r music and sonic and sega all-stars racing and sonic generations and then i want to play this clip here so perhaps the most overt use of sonic r's legacy and I, this actually yeah. pisses me off. <laughs> I remember this <laughs> was too. the team, the Team Sonic Racing teaser. It's twenty seconds, so let's watch it. I like the sounds. Yeah. That's it. So, so it was, it was titled, titled Untitled Sonic, Sonic Racing, Racing Game, Game Teaser. The only thing you can make out is there are cars in it and it's something racing. And we were at the time speculating Sonic Racing. That's all it's going to be. And it's going to be a new Sonic car. It's going to have remixed music, probably some on foot characters or maybe all cars. That's fine. And honestly, like, sure, like, Sumo's a British studio, like maybe there's that sort of legacy there, but nothing about Team Sonic Racing evokes Sonic R to me. I actually think it's kind of a slap in the face to use the R from Sonic R for Team Sonic Racing. I don't know, what are your thoughts? Like, I think it's kind of scummy, actually. It's false marketing, false advertising. I think, well, yeah, I... (sighs) It's funny because it's only happened a few years ago, right? And I feel like mm-hmm. Sonic Team has been doing this uh, like the past five years. That's why it makes me a little scared for for uh, Frontier because they do this thing where they give you what you want in teasers. And you're like, oh, it's going to happen, guys. And you get all nostalgic and it's like, actually, no, it's just modern, uh, modern Sonic racing games. Sorry, no classic characters at all. But we did invoke <laughs> right. the Sonic R to get you excited and they did the same thing with sonic uh what's the other one forces we were all excited because it was gonna yeah. have the ro- the rogue gallery of villains oh yeah it's all fake sorry it was it was a hologram sorry so i and you didn't I, even play i hate that you didn't play uh chaos like you didn't right. get to play chaos in a boss battle at all, at all. right so it's yeah like, i oh, mean i hate this i don't like when they do this don't yeah. do that yeah. If you're going to promise something, uh, deliver it 110%. And and here's the thing, I don't hate Team Sonic Racing. I think it's an okay game. Like I think it's one of the better Sonic racers if I'm honest, but don't use don't mooch off of Sonic R's legacy when the end result doesn't have any of the music, any of the characters, any callbacks. Like they didn't even make like a a modern take on um any of the original tracks like imagine if radiant emerald was in the game then i'd be like okay i get you it. it you know you and sure it had the same composer but none of the music feels like sonic r so it's it's like don't 
put that R up there and trick me, you tricky guys. Um, now, a good thing Sega did on the game's 23rd anniversary in 2020, Sega Forever commissioned Sonic the Comic artist Richard Elson to draw a special illustration featuring the game's cast. So this was a fun little thing. And uh, Sega Forever, they commission a lot of this art um, from both fan artists and professional you know, artists with like a history with, you know, like a franchise. And it's got me wondering, like, why don't they do an art book or something? Like this stuff's just sitting out there on Twitter or like sell posters on the shop. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Right. I would love, I like, can you imagine having the Sonic R logo and selling this as a like Sonic R poster? That I think it would sell, you know, our uh, art book would yeah. be awesome too. Like mix it with official yeah. art, with commissioned art, where it even has a little blurb on the bottom. This was commissioned in da 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 by Bob 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 for Sega Forever, and it's like yeah, right. Cool. And it's not, it's not a, it's something I've seen done before. Like where franchises will do like guest artists, and it's just an art book of guest artists doing their take on a franchise. So. I don't know, to like have this in a nice big coffee table book would be sweet. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I dig it. I think the art's really cool. Um, as far as Sonic R's original characters, Metal Knuckles and Tails Doll, uh, they continue to be fan favorites, though in the case of Tails Doll, I wonder if it's more like ironic. Um, the characters appear in Archie's Sonic the Hedgehog series with Tails Doll appearances going for straight up horror. So let's take a look. At Jeez. first off, this is a cover for issue two forty three, and you see Mecha Knuckles there, right? Um, Knuck- I mean, cool. uh, That's robotic it. or whatever that faces. It looks so scary the way that it's angled. It's like looking up at you, and it's like oh. super scary. Yeah, yeah, right. for sure. And then the next one is a shot. It's so effing weird. So basically, right. in Archie. <laughs> comics tails dolls like a demon and making him more i'm just gonna say it that looks like a big vagina right it does look like you like Like what the hell that's so weird i've seen what's really weird on the internet and that's what it looked like (laughs) well what's really weird is that when they rebooted this the series with issue 252 it was, I believe, a battle with Tails Doll was happening, and then all of a sudden it rebooted, and then the whole Mega Man story happened, and then Sonic was sent back to that moment with the weird, crazy Tails Doll monster, but I think it was in the new rebooted universe. And so what a weird moment to have the reboot happen is a battle with like a really effed up looking Tails Doll. I don't know. Very weird. <laughs> um, and, and that's how we're going to end things. So... Before we read our Patreon supporter memories, George, what are your closing thoughts on Sonic R? Cool art, cool music, cool franchise, uh, some cool locations. I really like the aesthetic look of this game. It's just too bad for they had pop-ins. It wasn't didn't have enough time to cook level design wise. Racing wise, I think mm-hmm. there was a lot of potential for the game, and uh, I would love to see Sonic R music be brought back in the next All Star Sega racing game. I think it would be awesome to have that sort of style and try to really push it. I think it's a very nostalgic style, and I think it's aged. 
I think well because a lot of people online seem to like it. And it's what this game is remembered yeah. for, I think, the most. What about you? Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because we almost didn't have a fully 3D Sonic game on the Saturn. Extreme was canceled. Um, I mean, Sonic Jam gave us Sonic World, but that's just a little, you know, bonus. So, to be honest, you know, this game's not perfect, but if we didn't get this, we wouldn't have gotten anything at all. So I'm happy this game released. I think it's kind of, it really is the last classic Sonic game when you think about it. Because a year later, we got Sonic Adventure. I'm trying to think of a game that like came after this. And maybe there is something that I'm forgetting. But this seems like the last big hurrah Sonic classic Sonic game with those characters we know and love in 3D. So it's, it's a fitting end to that era. Um, I wish it could have been more, but, you know... I could wish I could wish for a lot of things, um, and one thing I do wish is that we had more Patreon supporters. But the ones we do have left us some fantastic memories. So we have Sonicu here. Hello, Sonicu, um, and he says I don't normally think my memories are worth sharing here. Probably not this time either. However, I couldn't let the pod t- podcast about Sonic R go without saying something. I love this game. I have very fond memories of it from my childhood. I never had a lot of money as a kid and couldn't afford a Sega Saturn when it came out, but this ended up being the very first PC game I ever managed to get running on my crappy old computer that I was able to piece together out of scrapped parts my family and friends were gracious enough to give me from their old junk computers. That's very Eggman of him, right? Right. To, like, assemble it from... Yeah. Uh, I totally didn't understand the gameplay at all, but the colors and the neat level themes, and seeing my favorite characters in 3D for the first time combined with the feeling of success from getting everything to work on my own was really nice, so I kept coming back to the game. Finally, unlocking all the cool characters, especially Super Sonic, made me really love the game. He's so fast and overpowered, blasting through the courses, obliterating everything that's not his friend. Nothing can stop him now. No ghost to bring him down. Also, with the soundtrack with lyrics is top tier, I will accept no other opinion. Another That's very right. fond memory is during the days when I dabbled in speedrunning about 10 years ago, I participated in a race to 100% complete this game. At the time, my little sister had a copy of Gems Collection, and I didn't have a reliable way to get the old PC copy working on my computer, so I forced... I was forced to play the Saturn version, which meant I didn't... I couldn't turn the water into ice... And I had... Oh, that's right. I think... You turn the water into ice. And I had to play through the game two times minimum due to the collectible mechanic difference. I spent the whole race complaining that I was guaranteed to lose due to version differences, but little did I know I managed to beat one guy despite my disadvantage. He was deeply offended at my mindless trash talk questioning who could actually (laughs) lose to a guy like me stuck on the Saturn version, but I ended up making good friends with the guy despite never actually knowing him before the race, and we still talk practically every day. And no, that guy is not me. Uh, no. It is Don Dormitory Dornzarelli. Friendships do indeed bloom even on the battlefield. Oh, that's a, that's a that's good a quote. Metal, that's a Metal Gear Solid quote. Andy, but... Oh, there we go. Otacon. Uh, Otacon! Come on, I mean, I played a little bit of Metal Gear Solid, and that was a beautiful okay. memory. 
I thought you were saying, oh, come on, Otacon. <laughs> um, one last message to the officials at Sega and Sonic Team that I know are watching this podcast. Release Sonic R on modern hardware with widescreen support, you cowards. Anyway, I think I've rambled enough on this game. So with that, I will see you guys in a Sega bit. <laughs> um, and then finally, Daniel Andres comes in with a big, holy moly, Sonic R! Well, this is a weird-slash-awkward one for me. I do technically have good memories with this game, but I could never get into Sonic R with full gusto. I have tried many times, but at the end of the day, this game just isn't for me. I have a tough time playing it with my character, including Knuckles, who is debatedly the best character to play as. My good friend Tony used to love this game, and I had a fun time playing it with him many years ago on the Gems Collection port. However... I just can't feel the sunshine with this game. I guess I can't supersonic race whilst living in the city when it comes to Sonic R. Sad face. <laughs> so that that about does it. Um, next time, what are we talking about, George? I'm, I'm trying I'm to talking, remember. I'm talking about a game that I've never played ever, even though I have it, called Tournament of Legends, created by the same team that did uh, The Conduit. Um, it was wow. a strange title that I don't think anyone remembers. And uh, I guess I'll play it and then we'll talk about it and we'll see what this is all about. It's a Patreon yeah. pick, of course. I would never would have picked Tournament of Legends. But I think it makes it an interesting thing to cover. So I'm we'll looking see forward you, to it. I'll see you next week on Sega Talk. Bye. Bye.